Hello and welcome to So What's the Problem, a podcast in which we re-watch movies from our youth to determine if they're problematic by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing 16 Candles, which was released in the US on May 4th, 1984, and in the UK on September 14th, 1984. It was written and directed by John Hughes and stars Molly Ringwald, Paul Dooley, Michael Shuffling, <laughs> Giddy Watanabe, I should have looked that up first, uh, Havilland Morris, and Anthony Michael Hall. Oh boy, does it. Um, <laughs> so what's going to happen is this. Jen and I have thought of three problems that this movie has, three each, and um, also one positive. Uh, I, I haven't written down a positive, so I'll think of one as we go. And we'll just have a discussion about this this uh, classic movie from 1984. Um, so, Jen, what's your um, history with this movie? Um, I mean, I think I saw it for the first time in middle school. Uh, there's a, a channel in America called TBS. Uh-huh. That would show a lot of 80s movies. That's where I first saw Heathers. Um, And so I I probably watched 16 Candles on it a couple times. And I really liked it, but it definitely wasn't something... Like, my husband, they recorded off TV, and he's he's been watching it since he was, like, in elementary school. Like, a a lot of my peers had that same experience, right? Where they just, like, watched it over and over. Saw it a couple times, enjoyed it, but it was no Heathers. Um. And which everything got compared to Heather's for me at that age. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 16, this is going to be a long answer, but mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was 16, um, my friend Emily, who had red hair and, um, you know, looked a little Molly Ringwaldish, like she had been obsessed with Molly Ringwald when she was little and mm-hmm. loved these movies, but she hadn't watched them in a few years. And she, she was a lesbian. And so we start watching this movie and the first time they say fag you could just, like, see how devastating it was for her. And it's Molly Ringwald that says it as well. Yeah, so there's, like, this is, you know, one of... I've I've only seen it a couple times at this point, and it isn't beloved. And having watched it, like, with my best friend, who was, like, clearly, like, deeply offended and sad mm-hmm. about the language used in this movie, I was never able to joy- enjoy it anywhere near the same level after that i've watched it you know a few times since and i do i mean there's a lot to enjoy about the movie but there's also a lot to make you want to punch your tv (laughs) (laughs) uh what's your history um i actually don't know to be honest with you (laughs) um it's not one of those i remember seeing it when i was younger um but i was more of a breakfast club guy Mm -hmm. um so i have i had seen this when i was younger um and Pretty in Pink and all that, but I think I didn't really watch that many John Hughes like over and over again. It was mostly just mm-hmm. Breakfast Club because I recorded it off the TV uh, with some of the F words cut out, but some kept in. Mm-hmm. Then later on, it was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles that I watched more. I think I laughed like or at least smirked once when I watched this a couple of nights ago uh, because it's just oh, it's just not good um can i do my uh john hughes rant real quick just to get it out of the way yeah go for it okay so i love john hughes movies if you listen to our home alone episode you'll know that like i'm obsessed with home alone i love uncle buck like i i mostly the first movies of his i was exposed to were the like post-teen movies Uh so those are the ones that like are more a part of my life than these 
Um, but he was a very, very talented man. I know there's like dozens and dozens of scripts that he wrote and never even tried to get produced. And I would love it if something could happen to those. Um, I do respect his talent. God, this is just like a repeat of Joss Whedon last week. Uh, having said that, it sounds like the guy was kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. So one thing I did remember that was, was uh, when they made Dutch, he and Ed O'Neill got along really well. And Ed O'Neill thought he had a friend in John Hughes. And as soon as Dutch did badly, John Hughes never spoke to him again. Which it's not Ed O'Neill's fault that movie didn't do no. well, right? And Ed Ed O'Neill was his feelings were always hurt because he didn't he thought this was his friend and it's like if you're not successful you can't be John Hughes's friend which that's shitty enough, but in doing research for this episode I was looking at the book um that I read like ten years ago uh it's called You Couldn't Ignore Me If You Tried by Susanna Gora um it's about the Brat Pack and John Hughes is a huge part of this yeah. book um like he didn't participate but like they talk about him a lot. And what I had forgotten was that um, he had offered the role of Ducky in Pretty in Pink to Anthony Michael Hall. And Anthony Michael Hall turned it down because he wanted to do something different from, like, these, like, nerd roles that John Hughes was writing for him. And John Hughes never spoke to him again. And, like, these, these three were a little click. Like, Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall and John Hughes hung out all the time. They went to dinner together. They went to movies together. Like, they were really close um, when they were making these movies. And they were kind of, like, everybody talks about how Molly Ringwald was his muse. But it feels like Anthony Michael Hall was a little, yeah. too. He actually worked with him more than he worked with Molly Ringwald, I think. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, they were all super close friends, and it's like he wrote Ferris Bueller with them in mind. He wrote Some Kind of Wonderful with them in mind. And they wanted to do some different things, and so he just stopped speaking to them. And they're kids, mm-hmm. right? Like, at this point, they're maybe 18 or something, like, when this happens. I don't know the exact timeline. But, like, how shitty is that? <laughs> that he, like, he just, I guess he just thought that they were going to spend their careers just being in movies with Uh him. Like she's having a baby, maybe, you know, would have been, would have starred them or something. And it's, and he just stopped making teen movies at that point. Um, which a lot of people believe were his best work, which I don't know that I agree with that when you have planes, trains, and automobiles Uh and home alone, which while a very specific audience, um, like it's it's less adult than the other movies, but like, in my opinion, it's near perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just the, he just sounds like he had a big ego and uh, was a big brat. Yeah, maybe the the brat pack was named after him. So, <laughs> so yeah, this is his first movie as a director, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of shows um, because it's not particularly well directed, and he overuses. Like sound effects, and he overuses um, uh, music cues every time. Every single time the Asian character turns up, there's a gong. Um, but we'll get into that. Um, but also, every time Parma Ted shows up, they play Dragnet or the Peter Gunn theme. If it's you know more than one geek, and it's like, why are you mm-hmm. playing heroic themes? Why are you playing um, you know because Dragnet's cops? So mm-hmm. it's like you know. So why are you playing that over this little? bastard. Yeah, but and, and the thing is, watching it again and at 44 years old, I'm like, this isn't funny. There's a line where um the younger siblings uh, the, the boy says 
uh, who'd marry her? And the little girl says, Mr. T. It's like, is that, is that a joke? Is that supposed to be Yeah, funny? I don't understand. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the girl who plays the younger sister, by the way, she's got an amazing name. Her real name is Cinnamon Idols. Noise. So, noise. Cinnamon Idols, that's her name. Right. Anyway, before we get into our problems, I want to ask you a question. How old is Caroline supposed to be? Is she 18? I, um, I, I, I hope so, because she looks very old. Like, yeah. and she and Jake Ryan, like, I understand, like, the actors are eight years older than Molly Ringwald about that. Any, anyway, mm-hmm. like, that's already, that's, that's upsetting, but, like, they look it. Like, they, like, these are, like, old seniors. Mm-hmm. I am glad there's a two-year difference, because it would be extra ridiculous if they're the same grade. Because, like, um, one thing that always bothered me about my so-called life was, like, it was the same situation. You have this, like, 15-year-old girl... And Claire Danes, and then Jared Leto's like twenty three, and it's Ugh. extra disturbing when you remember that Claire Danes was thirteen when they shot the pilot. Really? Yes, she was thirteen, and so like the fact that Jared Leto is her is her love interest in that is is really frustrating. Even though it seems like he probably got held back, it's like they're supposed to be in the same grade. There's a massive difference there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jake Ryan looks old and Caroline looks old. Yeah, no, I was just thinking because if, if she's not the same, like, she's older than um, and Samantha, which is fine. But if she's only 17, then the boob shot is quite. Well, the interesting thing is that actress, you know, she didn't want to, they had to use a body double, not because she yeah. was against the nudity but she was just like uh my boobs are not bigger <laughs> than these girls <laughs> and the whole point of the scene is that she's very well developed yeah but then she said the actress they got was 18 right so the actress they got to to do the body double was actually a it was they're pushing <laughs> things there <laughs> yeah okay because that was going to be one of my problems, but I just thought we'd talk about it up front because I found more problems as we went on. <laughs> oh, I have seven problems written down. I figured we would probably have some of the same, so I have options. And it, it would probably be longer, too, except I was on the stationary bike the entire time I was watching. Right. So, like, I only stopped to make a note if it was really important. Mm-hmm. Had I been just sitting on my couch like I usually do, I'm pretty sure I would have a totally full page. And I use legal pads, so it's an extra big page. Yeah, um, this may be an extra bumper episode of So What's the Problem? <laughs> um, my first problem is Varma Ted. Okay, well, I can mark my first problem off. I will come up with another <laughs> first problem, because that is literally the first thing I have written down with a note, am I supposed to like him? Yeah, he's disgusting. Are we supposed he's to like vile. him? I think we are. I think we are. I thought so too. I asked Dylan, I was like, am I supposed to like him? And he's like, no. And I'm, but I really think I am. And I actually, I blocked you from the post this morning. I posted and I was like, are we supposed to like Farmer Ted? And no one responded. And I'm very (laughs) upset because I wanted to know what other people thought. Maybe I should have tagged some people in it. I think we are too. And I think that scene in the car with Molly Ringwald that he's supposed to seem really nice, which I will give him. I do like the fact that even though he clearly has a thing for Samantha, like he is helping her get this other guy, which yeah, after, after trying to forcibly kiss her twice. Yeah. That, oof. 
But that's another, that is another thing I will defend with this movie is, you know, she, you know, he tries to kiss her. She rejects him. She says it's okay because women mm-hmm. are taught to be polite. He tries again. And then she said, I meant it was okay once. I didn't mean you could do it again. And I do like that. This is a movie that contributes to mm-hmm. rape culture. But that right there, that's like also helping out a little with consent culture, if mm-hmm. that's a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I have to call it out for the couple of uh, good things in the movie. Yeah, but after that, though, he still asks her to have sex with him. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you gotta try, right? Oh, no, you don't! <laughs> <laughs> I do I do like Anthony Michael Hall's performance, because I do like that it's like, he's this mm-hmm. nerd, but he's like, he's got confidence. Yeah. Like, it's... Uh, with. With all the nerd stereotypes in the 80s and 90s, I do enjoy this, except for the fact that he is rapey. Because the first thing that sort of put me off him was the bus scene, where Mm -hmm. he just continuously annoys her, and then, you know, and she calls him the F word, and, you know, it's like, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a bit rough, but uh, then she gets up and walks away, and he sniffs where she was sitting. (laughs) I... Yeah, that's come on, John I, Hughes. That's gross. <laughs> and I think we are supposed to like him. I think we're supposed to find them funny. Therefore, we're supposed to find them likable. And I think I used to. I think when I was like twelve, mm-hmm. I did. Um, I wonder if you, the viewing would be, if watching this movie would be better if you imagine that he actually. I mean, we're not going to use the f word, but that maybe he is gay. And all this stuff, like, asking her to have sex and stuff is him overcompensating. Does that, like, would that enhance our viewing of the movie? No. (laughs) (laughs) You almost made me spit out my coffee. Sorry. Um, I'm not saying it would be acceptable behavior then, but I'm just like, what if you just added a little twist to it in your head? Yeah, if you did that, then I'd probably respect it a little bit more. But he also has sex with Caroline. Sorry, he rapes Caroline. Um, I don't think he does. I don't think they do. I've been thinking about this a lot. See, I don't know either, but she thinks that they did, and then... Well, I feel better if I think that they didn't. (laughs) Um, I... Um, I, Because they're both so drunk, and, like, he was way less drunk than her. Like, she was out, right? Mm Mm-hmm. If either of them was going to remember it, I would think it would be him. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, it couldn't be the other way around, but, like, she was just out. And honestly, for all we know, she had sex with someone else earlier in the evening. Uh, Oh, see, now you're just... (laughs) Well, no, because the thing is, like, by the time Jake gets to his house... The place is trashed, which, yeah, like... but there's no... She is such a... Sorry, there's no indication that Caroline's like that, though. I just have trouble believing that she and Farmer Ted managed to actually have sex and even enjoy it when they are that wasted. Yeah, you're just making excuses, I think. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not me making excuses. It's me, like, I watch that scene and I just don't find it believable. No, no, but... Like, I'm, I'm certainly not trying to make excuses because... She says that she's pretty sure... She thinks that they had sex. And just... she would know. So, I don't know. You, uh... I don't know. They were... She was so out she of was. it. She was. I don't know. She was. Um, Yeah, Farmer Ted is just... Awful. He's kind of shitty to his friends. Yeah. But maybe if they did something just... like um, 
she has her underpants off or something, and we would know for sure. Mm-hmm. And also talking about underpants, the underpants seems disgusting as well. Farmer yeah. Ted in the underpants. It's vile. He's just disgusting. I just don't like his character at all. The the only thing that would redeem him 5%, that's the most it could redeem him, 5% is if he then gave Samantha half the money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. It would. Re- I think I would redeem, redeem him a little bit, yeah. Because uh, they made, they made what, like 70 bucks doing that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that's some good money for, like, one pair of underpants in one night. What's your first problem since I stole your first problem and now you have a new first problem? Okay. Oh, gosh. I have so many things to choose from. Let's talk about ableism. Okay. Um, And Dylan and I had a long talk about this this morning because I, I needed confirmation that somebody else thought this was ableist. Joan Cusack's character. Yeah. She is wearing a neck brace or back. I think she's wearing a back brace, I too, think right? So. Like, she's moving uh-huh. kind of stiff like she is. Like, she clearly has, um, is having some issues um, with her body. <laughs> like, she's got something going on. And um, her the whole point of her in this movie uh-huh. is for us to laugh at her, because of the brace, yeah. having trouble doing things. That, that she's, she's not friends with anyone in this movie. She's not part of any of their cliques. She is just there for us to laugh at her having trouble, like drinking from the water fountain and stuff like that. Uh, that's ableism. Yeah. And I don't like it. Like, obviously there's homophobia with the F word mm-hmm. and then they use the word retard a couple of times. Um, although I was actually surprised to see that it's not like, they don't, they don't use retard as like an insult. They ask genuinely if someone's retarded which is not good (laughs) it's bad but if they were just calling each other that that takes it to like a worse level i'm not defending it but there's like levels right Mm -hmm. but then the ableism i was just like this that's the whole point in this character and it just it really it and maybe if joan cusack had been a huge actress at the time i could be like well it's an excuse to like also have this like cameo but it's not she's just some chick from chicago working Mm -hmm. with her brother And I don't like it. It makes me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, there's no point to that, apart from he's trying to make us laugh. The only time that's not her purpose is on the bus, Mm -hmm. when Farmer Ted, like, you know, when she's kind of reacting to him after Samantha leaves, but, which I do actually like that moment. Yeah, but But we're still supposed to laugh at her reaction. Yeah, she has a, she currently has a disability, and we are laughing at her and i well i'm not laughing at her but we're We're supposed supposed to be be. laughing at her and i'm sure when i was younger i probably did laugh at her yeah um it just god it just makes me feel icky watching it the character is credited as geek girl does she even hang out with the geeks don't think so (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's a it is a big see this is the thing right doing this podcast there's some movies that we're going to watch and we think, oh, they're, they're, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's you know, it's. I mm-hmm. mean, something like Police Academy wasn't as bad as before it was going to be. It was sort of weirdly progressive, and that mm-hmm. was released in the same year as this. Um, and Police Academy at least had diversity, mm-hmm. and this this is going to go into my second problem, which is racial stereotyping. <laughs> It was it was one of those things where like I was afraid of my instinct was actually to say let's not make Long Duck Dong one of our problems because it's so obvious mm-hmm. but then I'm like but then that's kind of minimizing that problem right like I also don't want to you know brush it away but like 
star problem. Oh man, but then the actor, like it sounds like the from stuff I was reading, it sounds like the actor brought a lot of it to the role. Mm. So then that gets awkward. Yeah, but he didn't add the gong sound every time his name is mentioned. No, he did not. He didn't. It wasn't even in the script. So um, and that's that right there is like the worst part of it. I think mm-hmm. like the accent and stuff is bad. Although he uh, he apparently went into the audition with that accent and like he studied a Korean friend's accent. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, he is very funny. Like apparently Roger Ebert like praised his performance. Oh no, he's and said, he's like, good. <laughs> it's well that's the thing that that makes it really tough for me right like i would love it if it were like breakfast at tiffany's mm-hmm. where i can just hate him mm-hmm. right like that there's nothing redeeming about that that performance and that character but the actor's like really really good in this movie he, he is good and he is amusing at times and it's perfectly fine it's the fucking gong sound yeah that is the thing that pisses me off and the fact that the family continuously refer to him as the Chinaman. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but the actor's Japanese-American. So it's, oh, it's just, it's rough. But he is good. He does play it very well, despite the racial stereotype. He's probably one of the strongest performers in the film. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, I don't like enjoying watching this character. No that's that's tough and it's also it's um that character has the apu problem where maybe apu wouldn't even be so bad just like on his own but the fact that like with long duck dong characters like long duck dong and apu like tons of asian kids or indian kids like this is what they have to put up with their entire childhood is people you know you know, coming up to them and be like, what's happening, hot stuff, mm-hmm. or saying, you know, uh, thank you, come again. Like, yeah. it becomes, the character itself becomes an insult to so many kids, and, and adults too, but, like, it's so much worse for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I hate that. I hate yeah. it. And also his name. Yeah. That's just John Hughes just being a racist dick. Um, but... Yeah, John Hughes is problematic <laughs> as hell yes. in that respect. I noticed there was one black kid who had paid to see the underpants, uh-huh. but other than that, it and Long Duck, Long Duck Dong, it's like super white. There's racial stereotyping, but not when it comes to black people because there is no black people. So you know, let's yeah. just keep that. Ugh. Anyway, what's your second problem? Well, because one problem I had that I had to take back was um. I think that, like, say somebody tells you a wedding date. Mm-hmm. Like, say say the wedding date is, like, September 13th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, the way we remember dates, most of us do, is, like, if, if there's something nearby that, we remember that way, right? So you might be like, oh, September 13th, well, your sister's birthday is mm-hmm. September 12th, so I'll remember that, and then you would associate it. And I'm like, it's hard for me to believe that out of two sets of grandparents and the parents... That all of them, like, none of them would associate the wedding with uh-huh. the birthday. But then I read that this happened to a friend of John Hughes. <laughs> and so I'm just like, okay, well, I guess it happens. It just makes me so sad. Yeah, but that makes the, but that still, in my opinion, makes the parents pretty shitty. Because my mum would never forget my birthday. Even if, say, yeah. like, if my sister was getting married the next day, she would absolutely associate that with. 11th of October. If my sister was getting married on the 12th, my mum would be like, and, and mm-hmm. my sister would be like, oh, that's the day before Jimmy's birthday. So, you know. 
And then the scene where she, the dad apologizes to her, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel earned because he just comes down the stairs and goes, we forgot your birthday. There's no scene with him, you know, remembering it or something, triggering it. It's just, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, forgot your birthday, sorry. Love you, kiddo, bye. What happened to John Hughes as a kid where he writes movies about, like, parents forgetting birthdays and parents forgetting their entire child while going on vacation? Yeah. Like, the, there's something weird there. Um, but instead of that really being my problem, I guess I'll just say the grandparents, like, I understand that it's supposed to be that, like, just not not only does everybody forget her birthday, but it's extra miserable because of the grandparents there and everything. Yeah. But, like, grandparents talking about her boobs. Yeah, and feeling that Oh, up. it's so gross. I know. And, but, and, like, it's so realistic, too. Um, yeah. My husband, this is probably, like, five years ago or so, he had gained some weight. And he's he's the kind of guy who actually, like... Even if he's gained weight, he still looks really thin. Right. Like, if he starts complaining about his weight, like, no one believes him, mm-hmm. right? So we're leaving his grandma's one day, and she hugs him. And then she comments on the fact that he was gaining weight. Right. And I'm like, why would you... D-? Like, in that moment, I wanted to hit her. Like, <laughs> why would you do that? And it's just like, grandparents do tend to say, like... They will just say awful things about a grandchild's body without realizing how inappropriate it is. Plus, the grandparents are all racist as hell. Mm -hmm. It's just, oh, I don't, like, I am, I'll I'll say this, I am with Samantha this whole movie. Like, everyone sucks. And as much as I want to criticize her for not reminding her family that it's her birthday, because I do like that her her best friend is supportive, but is also like, well, why don't you say something? Because you know what, if this had happened to me as a kid... I would not have said a thing. I would have wanted to see how long it took my parents to realize. Yeah, because it's not on. It's not yeah. on her to remind her parents about her birthday. They're her parents. Mm-hmm. They should know it's her fucking sixteenth birthday. They were there when she was born. Yeah, and maybe if it was like because they have four kids, maybe if it was if she was like the third or fourth child, <laughs> but she's yeah, the but second. She's Oof. This whole family just sucks. Yeah. But the grandparents, like, when they start talking about her breasts and the granddad says, oh, I have to get my magnifying glass. That's fucking... That's not nice. Yeah. But, you know. No wonder she thinks so little about herself, you exactly. know? Like, she yeah. has such low self-esteem. Um, I do like that it's not presented as though, like, she's a loser or anything. It's just that she's just, like, your average mm-hmm. teen, which means... A lot of people just don't notice her. Yeah, they don't do stuff like she bends down and someone hits her in the head with a bag or something. They're not trying mm-hmm. to say that she's that kind of a loser. She's just uncertain mm-hmm. of herself. What's your third problem? Jake. Um, I've heard so much about Jake Ryan and how he's like this perfect, you know, romantic lead and he's this um, dreamy guy and... Um, over the years and like you know he's like the perfect rom-com uh, romantic lead and stuff mm-hmm. um, but he also gives Ted Caroline mm-hmm. and then he also says that he that Caroline's drunk and she wouldn't know so he could violate her ten ways yeah but I just don't I just don't get the Jake thing I really don't because he's just ah this is the first time I've ever watched this and gotten it Really? I actually, yeah, I actually get it. First of all, love the wardrobe. Right. Love the sweater vests. Like, I, <laughs> I enjoy Jake's, <laughs> like, that 
it it is the fact that um like rapey stuff aside like not only is he good looking and a good dresser and rich which always helps i think um he does seem very sweet like in his kind of searching for samantha you see that like finding it is important to him to find a connection with someone that is more than just sex Uh and and especially in this time when the teen movies you have are more things like porkies to see like a nice sensitive teen boy romance between him and samantha just seems a bit forced to me because i don't see they don't have any chemistry even in the last scene, it's just like, these are just two people who are, you know, acting. It just doesn't seem there's anything there for me, personally. And that's not that's not the character, any of the character's fault. That's just, like, casting, I think. So. Well, I also wonder how much uh, women loved him solely based on the last shot of that movie. Because it's a really good last shot, and it's so romantic. Mm. And, like, the two of them on that table with the cake, like, it's so iconic. Mm-hmm. It's, like, d- you know, it's women see pictures of that or they see, like, Lloyd Dobler holding the, the boom box. The yeah. And it's, like, that one image is kind of what they have in their head instead of, like, the image of him being, like, here, take this woman. She's my property and now she's mm-hmm. yours. Or Lloyd Dobler being, like, hey, I'm going to stalk mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Because he's like Edward Cullen. Yeah. <laughs> Only less sparkly. <laughs> yes. Well, I think I think he's a little sparkly. So, the, the actress who plays Caroline, um, mm-hmm. Havland Morris, uh, I know her from Gremlins 2. Um, she's in Gremlins 2 and she's got massive red hair, curly hair in that movie. Mm-hmm. And um, it's amazing. But she's actually blonde. And I thought she was wearing a wig in this. But this is actually her hair. Mm-hmm. But it looks like a wig. <laughs> I thought it was a wig. I read that it was uh, a wig. I read an interview with her um, last night. And, and apparently that is her real hair. But she wore part of a wig for the scene where her hair's caught in the door. Okay. But, this is, you know, this is one of those movies that's been around for almost 40 yeah. years. If you start reading a lot about it, you're going to find a lot of conflicting stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to know it's true. I know, but according to the actress herself, that's her genuine hair. She's, she was blonde, <laughs> and then she started dyeing it red. Um, okay, I'll, I'll believe the actress. Yeah, but I, yeah, because I thought it was a wig, because her hair in Gremlins 2 looks like genuine red hair. You know, it looks mm-hmm. real, but... Yeah. Uh, right, what's your... <laughs> I was going to say final problem, but what's your third problem? <laughs> I, I guess we'll go with the rapiness of it all. I mean, we've touched on it a little, but it's like the whole I could violate her in 10 different ways thing is gross. Yep. Um, and you know what? It Because I know what the attitudes were at the time, I might be able to excuse it if it's like, you know, I've got her passed out in my room and I could, you know, I could have sex with her if I wanted or something because at this point people i mean this movie contributed heavily to rape court culture uh-huh. i believe but like that's the sort of statement where it's like okay well maybe we didn't n- not everybody understood that that was rape right that you like having sex with someone when they're when they're drunk um although it, they should have known that when they're passed out but whatever it's the fact that he uses the word violate yeah he could violate her that is like the fact that that 
they people weren't clocking that as rapey at the time is astounding and then you know i always had a problem with the idea that like farmer ted and caroline had sex like when she was so drunk and i forgot that he gets so drunk too Uh and so instead of thinking of it as like him raping her like i don't i don't even know what you call it when both people are drunk if they have sex technically it's statutory rape because she's 18 and he's 14 or 15 it's crazy like it's it's one of those things where it's considered rape if one of you if if you are if one of the people is very drunk right and it's still considered rape when both people are very drunk but i don't understand I don't know. I because we don't see what no. happens, right? So like we don't know who initiated if they did have. First of all, we don't know if they did yeah. have sex, and if they did, we don't know who initiated. Like I, it's it's rape, but I don't know who raped yeah. who. But I I think he is more with it than she is. Mm-hmm. Is he that drunk? I mean, he's not that drunk when he's with his friends. And he's taking the pictures and stuff. I don't, but I did notice, and I'd never noticed this before. When Jake Ryan puts her in the car, he puts a six pack of beer in there too. Right, so he probably drinks afterwards and then gets drunk. Yeah, I'm. I had never realized that it's not just that he sends uh, him off with his girlfriend, but that he also and his father's car. Yeah, but he also puts alcohol in the car. Which, like, at first I'm like, why would he loan him his father's car? And I'm like, look at that house. He's already gonna get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> might as well. Might I? I do. I. I mean, I don't like him giving his girlfriend to Farmer Ted, but I do like the idea that he's like he's being really nice to this little geek. <laughs> he is. I mean, he is. He's, he is. He's. He's actually be like that's one of the things that makes him seem like such a nice guy, mm-hmm. right? That like he's giving. He's being really nice to this weird geek. Mm-hmm. That's true. I actually forgot about the wedding stuff. I forgot like the, oh, the yeah? yeah I forgot like the last half hour is all about the wedding, and it's the next day. It's no longer our birthday. Yeah, I forgot all about that stuff. Yeah, that's the thing that makes the parents like seem not as terrible for forgetting her birthday. Like, there's a reason everyone forgets. <sighs> I don't. I it's still awful yeah, that they forget. Is. But like, if it were a movie where it was just like literally everyone just forgot, mm-hmm. that would be really bad. Yeah. But like you were saying earlier, you think that they would know because of the dates. But I also have to acknowledge not everybody's brain works like mine, right? No, like, but that's I mean, what I would but do. But even the mother, but... her mother who gave birth to her should know the date. And the one thing, like now that I'm thinking about it, the one thing that I could see that would make her forget mm-hmm. is like, she's, because it's not just that there's a wedding, she's having to host both sets of parents mm-hmm. And she's having to meet the oh oily bohunk. Apparently that's uh, racist too. Right, which I didn't know. Um, he, I have to I have to mention that before I forget because I was doing some research and it said um, bohunk is a disparaging disparaging slur against immigrants from Eastern Europe, especially Hungary. So like this movie is even more racist than I knew when yeah. I was watching it. But anyway, she has to meet with with his parents. There's a lot of stressful stuff going on. I know, but she still forgets her child's birthday. Like, when they're having dinner with the the groom and his parents, uh, the mm-hmm. theme from The Godfather is playing in the background, mm-hmm. which is very heavy-handed. <laughs> it's very on yeah. the nose. 
that you know they're trying to say that these are maybe gangster people, and then the theme from The Godfather's playing in the background. It's like, oh come on, John Hughes, you're better than this. No, he's not. John Hughes is a white man who was born in a super white world that, and he leans into so many stereotypes because he has probably no diversity in his life true but he does get better later on he does but i also think that goes along with society getting better because while right, we yeah. now understand how intensely racist especially americans are uh-huh. um we are like when he gets better it's when we're heading into the 90s uh-huh. where political correctness which like I will criticize. I don't like the attitude. We shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't talk about race and stuff Uh like that. If you watch shows and movies from the nineties, um, they are much less, they're super white, but they're much less offensive than Uh if you watch things from the two thousands, when all of a sudden we're taught, we're like being super racist and homophobic and transphobic in ways that people were not Uh in the nineties. And so I think in the nineties, people got better because they just like, weren't saying these things anymore. Um, But his movies were still unbelievably white and Uh straight. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, a couple of things I noted uh, during the wedding. Sam apologises to Ginny, and mm-hmm. she has absolutely zero reason to apologise to Ginny, because it's Ginny who, A, also forgot her sister's birthday, but, you know, wedding, fair enough. But, B, in the scene where she's trying to tell her about the birthday, Ginny's, like, mm-hmm. really shitty towards her, and then blames mm-hmm. everything on her being a brat. Sam has no reason to apologize to Ginny at all. Yeah, and Ginny, like, you know that she probably scheduled this wedding either not being aware of her sister's birthday Mm -hmm. at all or selfishly being like, who cares about her birthday? Yeah. Like, these things happen. My my brother-in-law do think, like, he got engaged and, like, around the time my husband and I started planning our wedding. Mm Mm-hmm. And he claimed he didn't tell people he was engaged. He didn't want to tell them until after our wedding because he didn't want to take attention away Mm -hmm. because he should have been announcing it around the time of our wedding. But then he told everyone about his wedding at our rehearsal dinner. All right. And that was like a pattern for years. We would have something going on. And then, like, it would be my birthday, and that's when he would make a big announcement or something. Like, he was always announcing things during someone else's kind of moment. And I'm just thinking, wow, Jenny must be like him, where it's like, I'm going to make sure no one has a special day around me, uh-huh. like, that I get that attention. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, I read a lot of advice columns and stuff, <laughs> and even if even half of them are true, it just shows that so many brides will do shit like this. Yeah. The thing that got a, a chuckle out of me was... Jenny uh, walking down the aisle mm-hmm. and she's out of it and she just <laughs> tells someone to scooch over so she can sit down <laughs> and I laughed at that bit. That um, was, I, I think that was uh, Jim and John Belushi's mom. Was it? Yeah. And Bill Murray's brother was the officiant. Yeah, Brian Doyle Murray, yeah. He's he's everywhere. Brian Doyle Murray, he's in everything. Oh yeah. He plays uh, Bill Murray's dad in Scrooge <laughs> <laughs> weird um i think i think it's hilarious that jenny like i mean if it makes you feel any better there's no way this marriage lasts or if it does she's miserable uh-huh. they have only been dating for six months 
Yeah. Because she says no one's ever loved her six months in a row, which is just so sad, right? Mm. Like, I kind of, the the feeling I always got was that she's, like, always gotten more attention than Samantha. Yeah. And she's, like, skating on her looks and everything, but, like, she's probably really miserable. Probably. Going by memory, do you think we have now, with planes, trains, and automobiles, we've covered the best John Hughes-directed movie? And the worst John Hughes directed movie? I don't know, because I haven't seen everything he's done. And, like, she's having a baby uh-huh. I've only seen once, and I don't really remember it. I know that that right. was his favorite. I, th- I think Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is better than that one. I don't I don't know. I, and I haven't watched all of his movies. So I don't know. But we definitely, I mean, we've definitely watched. Yeah, it's, I mean, if it's not the best. It's, it's the best. That it's close. Yeah. But it probably, it probably is the best. I just, I don't feel comfortable, like, declaring no, no, that I know. when I know. But just. But I just mean, like, through memory from what you actually know and what you've seen, and I think Planes, Trains yeah. is the best directed movie of his. Yeah. That's all we have time for. We didn't do our positives. Oh, neither of us did. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're like, I have nothing else to I, say I've about this. I nothing else to say. So we gotta go. Jesus Christ. No, anyway, my positive is the soundtrack. What's yours? <laughs> Well, I I had thought about doing soundtrack, but you did soundtrack. So I'm going to, you know, I was trying to decide between soundtrack and fashion because I actually really like how Samantha and her best friend dress. Like their clothes at the beginning of the movie, their outfits. I'm like, I want those outfits. I think they're great. But then I realized in thinking about, you know, wardrobe versus soundtrack, I think it's the 80s of it all, right? right? Yeah. Like, this is a movie that you watch. And, like, because in, in teen movies in the 80s, I feel like there was a lot of that, like, montage at the beginning, like, showing, like, like couples with their hands in each other's pockets yeah. and, like, showing the fashion, but showing... That shot goes on too long, that shot with the, the like, hands yeah. in the back pocket. Yeah, we're just seeing that arses for five minutes straight. <laughs> Like, in Fast Times Ridgemont High, it's the same kind of stuff, but you're also seeing, like, the teens working Uh and stuff. Like, this is the kind of stuff that really just shows us the culture in the 80s, which I think is really cool. I think it's... I it Like, you'll watch something like the Goldbergs and be like, how realistic is this fashion? Uh Or, you know, how the teens are acting. And then you just... You're like, well, let me see an opening montage of an 80s teen movie, and that'll show me. And, like, having, like, the Spandau Ballet... Uh Um, and the, I think there was some Oingo Boingo, like, By way. the music is so 80s, yeah. and stuff that I still listen mm-hmm. to. No, it's a great soundtrack. Pretty regularly. It's, it's, the, the aesthetic of the movie is iconic. And so I, I like that. And I mean, besides that, it's also Molly Ringwald's performance. Mm-hmm. Like, this whole movie was written for her after John Hughes saw a picture of her. Like, that's all it took. And the fact that, like, after seeing that picture of her, that she could deliver... Because can you imagine if he wrote this movie for her and then it turned out she, like, couldn't do it? Like, she couldn't pull it off? (laughs) That would suck. But he was inspired by this girl and reading a lot about, like, his relationship with her and what he thought of her. Like, sometimes it feels creepy. But, like, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. But, but it sounds it's, like it. It, it, it gives you the heebie-jeebies a little. Yeah, he was infatuated with her for a while. But I don't think it was creepy and, like, like I don't think it was anything sexual. If anything, I think he no. just, like, wanted to be her. I think he wanted to not mm-hmm. only be a teenager, but he wanted to be Molly Ringwald. Yeah. Yeah. Which I um, want to be Molly Ringwald, so. Yeah, but he was more like Anthony Michael Hall, the way he writes Anthony Michael Hall. And... 
And that makes sense with this movie, because the thing is, is John Hughes would often kind of present himself as being like this unpopular nerd in high school. But Uh people who went to school with him say he was like the coolest guy in school. Like he paid a lot of attention to um, like British bands and stuff Uh like that. He was ahead in fashion and he always knew the new bands that no one at the school would have ever even heard of if it weren't for him. Like, it sounds like he was the kind of person who was like, like not cool in the like Jake Ryan way, but just Uh genuinely cool in like kind of a like low key rock and roll way. Uh And it's it's kind of it sounds like the way they describe him he sounds kind of like farmer ted where it's like the confidence he had uh-huh. you know no yeah i get you yeah and that he was kind of a leader even if he maybe didn't realize it uh-huh. oh so why is why is farmer ted called farmer ted mm. so this is a weird thing that i read i think on wikipedia but i'm not sure because i read a lot of stuff uh-huh. um I don't know where this came from. I don't know if they're deleted scenes. I don't know if it's just something John Hughes said, but uh-huh. the guy's name is Ted Farmer. Uh-huh. When teachers are saying the role in class, uh-huh. they'll say last name first. So Ted Farmer becomes Farmer Ted. Yeah, because that sort of thing <laughs> would stick because teenagers. So I don't know what the deal is with that, but apparently it is a thing that a lot of people believe. I got Brown Jimmy for a while, so I understand it. Yeah, I got King Jennifer, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yours yours is better. (laughs) (laughs) Not when you're a girl. No, that's true. That's true, but. Um, Because kids will find anything they can tease you for. Of course they will. Kids are evil. They are. Bastards. Um, I only like my own. Yeah, okay. Can I end the show now? (laughs) Yes, you may end it now. I just, I. We had to do the positive. No, we did. I forgot all about it. (laughs) Oh, Christ. Okay. Right. Officially, this time, that's all we have time for. Um, (laughs) uh, What are we doing next time, Jen? Are you ready? Surprise me. My girl. Okay. I'm so excited. I haven't watched this movie. Like, I have it on DVD, but I don't think I've even watched it since I got it on DVD. Like, I haven't watched this movie in, like, at least 20 years. So Mm -hmm. I'm very, very excited. I don't... See, I don't think there's many problems with my girl, but it would be nice to have one that doesn't have as many problems. She has... I mean, she has a crush on her teacher who's, like, in his 30s. But, yeah, okay. We'll get into it. Well, next week, my girl um, from (laughs) 19... 94? 91. No, 92, 91 or 92. I think it's 91. I think it's a year before my sister was born. Okay. I think. Anyway. <laughs> um, at Drop the Pilot Pod on Twitter, shiftybench.co.uk is the website. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk um, as the email address. Where can people find you on the internet, Jen? Uh, you can find me at, at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter or at Closer to Free Pod, which is my. Closer to Free is my podcast for Party of Five, and my girl was 1991. Yeah, I was right. Woo! Um, uh, So thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.